Hey, it's Big Joe for your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer, Absolute Comfort. Chris Wedekin is the owner, and he tells us why many homeowners are giving up their air conditioners for a high-efficiency heat pump. By removing your air conditioner and replacing it with a heat pump, you are not only saving by getting a higher-efficiency air conditioner, the heat pump works in reverse and saves you money in the wintertime as well. See if a heat pump is the right move for you by going to absolutecomfort.org. Absolute Comfort is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Oh, man, what a day. What a day. We'll get you out to date on all the latest coming from West 56th Street, your Indianapolis Colts making some huge changes at the uh, head coach position. More on that in just a few minutes. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there. First, some election shenanigans happening in Carmel. Carmel. Yeah, certainly in Carmel. Um, What happened? We haven't even got to election day yet, (laughs) and there's a scandal already. Looking at you, Hamilton County. So apparently a poll worker at one of these early voting sites in Carmel was removed from their post this past week, and the Republican Party in Hamilton County is claiming that there was illegal activity going on, and the local sheriff has opened up an investigation. Whoa. Wait a minute. So this wasn't a guy standing outside with a sign, uh, you know, and a shirt of the candidate they're supporting. This was somebody that was inside the facility helping people vote now our pal tony kennett from chalkboard review was the one that kind of broke this story to us over the weekend he's going to be joining us later in the show but the nuts and bolts here the republican party is claiming that there was a poll worker who has been asked not to come back and he was a democrat who attempted to pressure voters to not support GOP-endorsed school board candidates. Mm. So, Nigel, let's say that uh, your mom or your dad, they go to vote. There's somebody that takes their information, and there's somebody that shows them to the voting box. And if they don't know how to do it, they show them how to do it. Well, in this case, according to the reports, this lunatic was clicking all Democrats for them. And these people probably didn't know how to get out of it. So this is a big deal here. Now, again, this is from Tony Kennett of Chalkboard Review, who will join us later. James Zhang, he's a Democrat, was not only ejected and facing an investigation, but he was pre-selecting straight Democrat ticket for voters at the early voting site in Carmel this past Thursday. I love how uh, the Democrats, all they've been saying this past few months is, you better watch out, Republicans are going to fix the election. You better watch out for those Republicans. They're going to steal it from us. They're going to steal, you know, and then what do you know? Turn around, you see, it's a Democrat allegedly tampering and uh, causing a, uh, quote, ruckus. Can you describe the ruckus? (laughs) Uh, But I mean, that's what you just described. If that's true and there is an investigation and we, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty but if, if that's true if that if, if, if that uh, you know if witnesses were saying that he was pushing people's he was pushing the button for straight ticket Democrats on the voting machine and you know calling people racists for for voting for certain GOP school board members that's I mean that's illegal you can't do that. Beth Scheller, she's the election administrator of Hamilton County, says that Zhang was accused by local voters of telling black voters, quote, 
not to vote for the racist candidates that are outside. Because there were folks outside that were saying, hey, take this information with you. Good luck. Please vote for our candidate on your way in. Zhang was telling people don't vote for those racist candidates, indicating a group of pro-parent candidates uh, beyond the electioneering boundary running for the school board in the Carmel Clay School District. You can't do this. Two of the voters complained about this act, and he was asked to leave. Now, he is vehemently denying this, but he does admit that he was asked to leave and he left. The Democratic Party, this is their response, quote, it appears as through school board activists supporting GOP-endorsed candidates were too close to voting machines at a vote center in the county after a poll worker brought it to the attention of election administrators, he was removed from working the site. So they're claiming that, well, he might not have hit all these buttons, but he was removed. But at the same time, I think words mean something, Nige. You don't hear them denying that he pre-selected the all-Democrat option on the ballot. And there's an open investigation. So we'll see. I mean, if there's if there's nothing to see here, then fine. But... I don't know. It sounds like there were several people that were upset by this and and they kicked the guy out of there. So what happens if this race in Hamilton County in Carmel comes down to a couple votes? Like, what if it's really close? How many ballots did this clown do this to? And what happens after that? There's some major issues going on here. And now the authorities are involved. It's been a rough couple of months for education officials in Hamilton County. You had that story from the Hamilton Southeastern Schools, where when the younger brother of the fallen officer, Noah Shanavaz, went back to school, he was greeted with a defund the police school project that was conveniently placed and never taken down. And if you remember what happened when the school board was asked about it, whoever their PR person was, it's that woman that used to work at RTV6. She was real snarky, real snotty. And now you've got this story from the Carmel section. There's a lot going on in Hamilton County. I uh, early voted in Zinesville there at the town hall. Oh, maybe it was a Wednesday or Thursday. I got right in and out. It was it was actually pretty nice. It was like right after the show. And there was there was somebody causing a little bit of a ruckus there, too, in the vestibule as I was walking in. There was an election official arguing with somebody that was or was not allowed to be on site or on premise there. And uh, I didn't exactly see what was going on, but uh, yeah, I think that'd be just a little um, disconcerting if you if you are just trying to go vote and you're seeing something like that happen. Right. Or you're seeing somebody, or you're having somebody tell you, don't vote for those racists. You know? Exactly. Especially if they're inside working the poll. And how many ballots did he do that to, and how long was he doing it? We're going to need to get answers on this, because if this is a close race for these school board issues, then, man, we're going to have to get some major investigators in here. So when you go vote tomorrow, and again, we're at the finish line. Midterm voting is tomorrow, whether you're voting early tonight, whether you're going tomorrow, if you're tired of this crap, if you're tired of this crap on the school board, make these people pay. Do your research and vote every single one of these people out and get some fresh blood in there, but make sure you've done your research. And remember, when you're voting straight ticket, that means you can't vote in school boards. So 
Go one by one. Go down your ballot. Take your time. Do a little research. Right. You're there anyway. Do the research and make your vote count. Uh, James, can I get a little mood music, please? For the first time in the Jim Ursay ownership era, he has fired a head coach during the season. Frank Reich was relieved of his duties earlier today, Big Nige. Mm. Frank Reich is one of the all-time nice guys. Good dude. Seems like it, yeah. Really nice guy. But I think we all saw the writing on the wall after whatever that was yesterday. He, he had a winning record still, like 40 and 33 or something like that. Uh, a couple playoff appearances for the Colts. But, uh, yeah, after that uh, debacle on Sunday, that, I mean, that was literally the worst game I've ever slept through. <laughs> I was just nodding off, and every time I'd wake up, there'd be another, there'd be an interception or a dropped or or a sack. <laughs> Can I read you my favorite times? text that you sent to me yesterday? What's that? So again, for those who don't know, myself, Nigel, Rob, Kendall, our bosses, we kind of have a text thread where we talk about the Colts game or whatever's going on. At one point, and this is when the Colts are already getting beat and they look like crap. I get the re- the text from Nigel. Seven-yard punt. <laughs> yeah, that guy screwed up the punt. Seven-yard punt. That was towards the end of the. <laughs> that was towards the end of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, just the cherry then. on top of the Sunday, yeah. man. <laughs> and now they have named the interim head coach, and it's former Colts Pro Bowler Jeff Saturday. Now, Nige Jeff Saturday has never coached at the NFL level. They love him in the Colts organization, though. He's never coached uh, at the college level. But I'm sad, but they, he is beloved on West 56th Street uh, in terms of management and ownership. He was kind of working as a consultant yeah. behind the scenes with the Colts, but he's going to be the head coach, the interim head coach, as the Colts travel to Vegas this weekend to take on the Raiders. Yeah, like I wonder if you're a player and you're in that locker room, you're like, wait, who's my coach now? Who's telling me what to do? Who's Who is it that doesn't have any experience that's going to try to lead this team? And if I'm the assistant coach, if I'm Reggie Wayne, if I'm somebody that like uh, maybe was looking to take on that role, the special teams coach or something like that, you know, aren't you like kind of in the back raising your hand? Hello, I've got experience. What is this? What's going on with this team? To which Jim Irsay would respond, oh, I saw your coaching yesterday. <laughs> you know how yeah. we were lucky to get a first down yesterday? Yeah, we're going to try the outsider. It's turned into politics. Jeff Saturday is an outsider. <laughs> He's the man you need to shake up the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> so in my mind, Nige, as somebody that remembers those glory days of the Indianapolis yeah, Colts, sure. this is how it plays out. Jeff Saturday is going to be the head coach. Reggie Wayne's going to be the offensive coordinator. They're going to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. next year. <laughs> Three years from now, Arch Manning comes in to play quarterback. <laughs> Boom! We got the band back together, wow. baby. We got the band back together. So I with like this news of Jeff Saturday, let's go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. Great moments in Jeff Saturday history. I'm playing the Rams on Monday night. We got down there pretty close to the end zone. We threw the ball three times in a row and uh, and incomplete and had to kick a field goal. We came off the field and we, we exchanged words of how we thought it should get done. And Jeff comes off and says, uh, we need to be running the ball down there. And I just, I just snapped. Hey! Hey! I, hey! Quit calling the f- plays, all right? <laughs> Can we run the ball? We'll run the ball! Can we run it down there? Can we run it down there? Yeah, Jeff, we will. 
hard. One call, pass plays. Block. No, it's called planes. Go sit down. It's called planes. I will sit down. Go quick, yell. Hey, go sit down. No, we're cool. Y'all can yell. Please tell us how to block. He's doing it. Come on, he's yelling at us. If I'm not mistaken, that is a uh, newly inducted Ring of Honor uh, honoree uh, Tarek Glenn was one of those guys telling Peyton to sit down in that clip right. on the sidelines. Saturday and Peyton fighting, uh, yeah. and then Tarek Glenn walks yeah. over there and ends it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and guess what, Peyton? Guess who's calling the plays now? Mm-hmm. Guess who's calling the plays this Sunday, Peyton? Is it? I mean, is he going to call the plays? Do they have an offense? They don't have an offensive, uh, offensive coordinator. By default, he's going to have to, isn't he? <laughs> Yes. It's such a mess. Why don't me and you fill out an application? <laughs> me and you up in the booth. See how long it takes us to get a decline from right. the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> We've looked over your resume, and we're going to go into another direction. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Crime, punishment, judges, legal stuff. You know, I, I remember talking about this story a few months ago, Hammer. is actually kind of ticked me off a little bit because like it's here's what happened this 18 year old sex trafficking victim pled guilty to killing the man she said repeatedly raped her right remember this it's got to pay one hundred fifty thousand dollars to this guy's family and she eventually got uh, five years probation she had to pay a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the family of the man that raped her when she was 15 15 years old is when when all this happened she he eventually she eventually uh, stabbed him to death so so five years probation hundred fifty thousand dollar restitution to the guy's family seems unfair she was the victim here again sex traffic repeatedly uh, assaulted but now she's escaped from the uh, residential probation center that she was living at she so cut, she's on the lamb yeah she cut off her um, GPS monitor her like her leg uh, ankle thing that you keep on little your leg, bracelet a little, thing. little monitor, and, um, and now they, you know, she could face up to twenty years in prison now that she that she left, that she kind of quote unquote escaped. Again, this was like a low minimum security, some sort of probation center that she was residing at. So let me ask you a question, and I'll throw this out there for anybody. You can tweet at us, hit me up on Facebook, the YouTube chat, whatever. Am I a horrible person? that I'm rooting for her to not be found. She murdered the person that was raping her, had to pay all this money to the family of the person that was raping her, and now she's on the run. I hope she never gets found. Does that make me a horrible person? No, no, especially, I mean, when you read the details uh, 
of, of what happened. Again, this happened when she was 15. She ran away from home because she was in an abusive home environment. She was taken in by this scumbag who she said trafficked her, forced her to have sex with other men in exchange for money. Uh, the guy that she killed was one of these men and, uh, I mean, repeatedly assaulted over and over and over and over again. And then um, one time, like, they forced her to drink vodka and she woke up and she had realized, oh, they did it to me again. And so the other guy was passed out, stabbed him to death while in his sleep. 15 years old. This sounds like a movie, it. man. It this is like some sort of movie. And listen, I'm rooting for her. I am. And if that makes me the bad guy, then say hello to the bad guy. But it's ridiculous. She had to pay all that money to the family of the victim was who go- was raping her repeatedly. Yeah, I know. A GoFundMe page set up by her teacher raised more than um, half a million dollars and I don't know the money collected beyond the court ordered $150,000 fee would help her attend college but I don't know what's that what's going to happen now because yeah she did break the law as unfortunately and unfair as the law was you cut the ankle bracelet off you escape your residential probation facility that you're supposed to be at then yeah you're going to get some additional charges Somewhere Ryan Mears is like, whoa, you mean people can take the ankle bracelet off? Whoa, I never thought of that before. What have we been doing this whole time? James, give me some mood music one more time. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Not another hurricane. Is that what this is? The next possible hurricane is brewing in the Atlantic, and it could pose a threat to the Atlantic coast of Florida later this week, Nige. Tropical Storm Nicole could reach the Bahamas tomorrow and Florida's east coast by Wednesday night. Could be early Thursday morning. Um, Again, the last thing Florida needs is another hurricane. Now, this would be on the opposite side of the state. Uh, The last one, the big one, went through the Gulf and hit the St. Pete kind of area, a little bit south of that. Fort Myers. Fort Myers. This one would be the Atlantic side, but still, that's a lot of money going to fix up things in that state. So keep an eye on that. When we come back, we're going to get the gun guy in here. Monday, gun day, a little pre-midterm edition. We're going to kick around some things that are being said in the media in regards to firearms and the election. We'll get Guy Relford's thoughts on that and more. That's coming up next. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey fam, I'm asking for your support. Help us raise money for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food so they can focus on helping their child live. By pledging just $19 a month, you're helping St. Jude give every child with cancer a chance. Help St. Jude save lives. Call 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 and become a partner in Hope today. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day. 
with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Guy Relford is a Second Amendment scholar. A two-way attorney, licensed firearms instructor, also at one time a young fledgling lawyer who was part of the uh, legal team that got the Colts to leave Baltimore and come here to Indianapolis back in the early 80s. Guy, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. By the way, I I always exaggerate my role in that process because... I can, but uh, but most importantly, thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day, Fort Liberty Firearms in Avon. Great place to buy firearms, ammunition, and accessories. Check them out at FortLibertyFirearms.com. Was that the worst Colts game you've ever watched in your life? Like I think back to some bad ones, like even worse than Curtis Painter era. Even worse than that forty-one nothing loss in the wild card in two thousand three to the Jets. That game, Uh, that game Saturday, that game Sunday was just abominable. But well, I use that yeah, word, right? it, it, abominable. In part because it's the Patriots, you know, right? So yeah. you, you hate the Patriots, and we all went in there with some naive uh, belief that at least we had a shot because they haven't been burning it up in Foxborough either. Uh, but there was just nothing redeemable about that game. Worst game ever. I don't know, man. I went through the one and thirteen seasons and yeah. several three and thirteen mm. seasons. The pre Harbaugh days of the nineties, oh, yeah. where ooh. Yeah, there was a lot of visiting fans in the stands those years, oh, man. Yeah, so I mean, I, I've been through some rough times with the Colts since 1984 when they when they came here. But but in the modern era, uh, yeah, that 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 that's probably the worst. Because I mean, 0 for 13 or 0 for 14 on third down. I mean, you know, negative yards rushing, or excuse sacks. me, ne- negative yards passing through at least a couple of quarters uh, when you factor in the sacks, nine sacks. It was just, there was nothing fun about that game. No, not at all. Um, so let's talk about something that's possibly even worse than that: gun control. <laughs> now, Newsweek, or I'm sorry, Newsday, put this article out saying the Democrats can win the midterms with a gun control platform. They would. Remember when they had that story out there? Well, here we are, 24 hours away from midterm (laughs) elections here, Guy. I want to get your reaction to that Newsday article. Yeah, I saw that. It was interesting because they seem to be pumping up, you know, Democrat candidates going, hey, man, don't be shy around gun control issues. You can go out there and you can can spend your last 24 hours really hitting these hard because you got a chance to pull the midterms out. And and they quoted some polls, and I've seen these same polls over and over, where they have these nationwide polls that are population-based, and they say, oh, look, more people want gun control than oppose gun control. The thing is, when you look at the battleground states and you look at those people right now who are in tight races, whether it's in the House or the Senate, none of these Democrats in these battleground states want to take on gun control. N- none of them. Zero. And you can see that. I mean, you, it, Pennsylvania, Ohio, you know, you, you go on and on and look at the tight races and look at who the voters are in those states. They do not want to go down that road. I feel but, like even Beto tried to back off a little bit in oh, Texas, yeah. running for governor there. I felt like he yeah. tried to walk back. It, it just cracked me up because you know, in in the in the face of what we hope is a complete you know red wave here, they're saying you know ignore the man behind the curtain. We can still win this, and we can do it on gun control. And I I had to say my 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 initial reaction was to chuckle at it. Right, because Beto is the face of gun control, sure, and he's having his ass handed to him in Texas. Yeah, because he finally woke up and realized he's in Texas. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> and people in Texas, last yeah. time I uh, checked, they enjoy a good yeah. firearm from yeah, time to yeah, time. Yeah, he finally woke up. Because, you know, again, I mean, that was his whole platform. You remember you remember the presidential uh, candidate debate among the Democrats where he says, hell yes, we're going to come take your rifle. Somebody finally tapped him on the shoulder and went, yo, Beto. You're in Texas. Well, not only that, but somebody should even, even bigger picture. Uh, excuse me, Beto. Democrats are gun owners too. Yeah. Well, good point. Well, and 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 on that point, have you seen the numbers in terms of gun sales over the last not just week or or, or weeks or months? Have you seen the trend? It's pretty dramatic. Thirty-eight straight months, I believe, gun sales top one million in October. That's thirty-eight straight months. So. What does this mean, if anything, as we start getting election results tomorrow? Well, I think what's interesting is you look at this trend and look, you know, with with COVID and the, all the, the unrest and the riots and, 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 and people being murdered and businesses being destroyed, 20 and 21 set all kinds of records for gun sales. And so we're down a little bit from there. But we've maintained this trend of now, as you exactly as you said, Jason, for 38 straight months, we've we've sold over a we the gun industry have sold over a million guns per month in in, in the United States. What the, what's that telling you is yes, people like me are still going out and buying another gun. But what I see in my training classes, what other instructors like me see, what gun stores are telling me is we've got an incredible number of new gun owners. And, and if you're someone who's maybe has been kind of on the fence or you've been in the middle, you've been neutral on Second Amendment issues, and suddenly now, for whatever reason, because you're a single mother, because you're, 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 the crime in your neighborhood is starting to take off, whatever it is, you've decided, no, you know what, I want to exercise my Second Amendment rights, I want to have the capacity to defend myself and my family, and all of a sudden now you see which, which party supports your 2A rights and, and which want to campaign on limiting your Second Amendment rights I think that I think that 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 foretells incredibly positively for Republicans in this next election are you seeing an uptick in training because oh, we yeah. say all the time if you're going to be a new gun owner make sure you have the training to go along with it are you seeing an uptick of training to correlate with these sales numbers oh absolutely you know I I just had a gun law class you know where I just teach people how to stay on the right side of the law uh, when it comes to gun issues and and what is and is not the justifiable use of force, including deadly force and self-defense. I just taught that Saturday, and and we didn't have enough chairs. We cut off, oh, wow. uh, we cut off registration early, and uh, we still had uh, more folks, uh, almost more folks than we can handle there at Indy Arms. So no, there there are more and more people, more and more new gun owners, and when you have that many more new gun owners, you have people who care about Second Amendment rights. And when Democrats, when Democrats want to make gun control and the erosion of your Second Amendment rights, one of their you know key planks in their platform, how do you think that plays out long term? Hey, what's the first thing as a licensed firearms instructor as you are? Like uh, for a, be- a beginner course, like a guy like me, doesn't have much experience yeah. with that sort of thing. What's the first thing you teach your students? Like the first couple things, like the very first, you know, what do you need to know right off the bat? You got to hold it sideways <laughs> like a rapper, right? That's, that's rule number one, right? Well, hold on. No. Uh, no, no. Well, it's gun safety, no question, Nige. I mean, we, I, every lesson I do private lessons now. I'm not teaching the you know the, the group courses, the actual shooting courses. I'm just teaching my gun law class. But I do private classes, and and I have an awful lot of people who come in. You know, usually couples or 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 you know 
man or woman, and we go in, the first thing we do, we cover gun safety. What are the rules of gun safety? How do you avoid you know, any possibility of hurting yourself or hurting another person unintentionally with a gun? So we cover all the gun safety rules. You know, I wrote a book, you know, Gun Safety and Cleaning for Dummies. And, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll usually include a copy of that in the discussion. But it lays out the gun safety rules because what there are, there's these established rules. And a lot of times we just call them the four rules. You go through the four rules. If you follow those simple, easily understood, easily memorized four rules of gun safety, it's literally impossible for you to accidentally hurt yourself or somebody else with a gun. And uh, so we cover that first, and then we go through safety, and then we get into marksmanship, you know, uh, grip and stance, uh, trigger control and sight picture and all those things, and and get through all of that. And and between the two, we can make someone safe, and we can make them a good marks a marksman or markswoman very, very quickly. And that's why it's a lot of fun to do. Cool. Monday Gun Day with Guy Relford here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. So the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Yeah. This is something that Todd Young has voted for. Yep. He signed off on this. And now, as a result of this, you've got the FBI getting squirrely with gun rights. Take me through this. Yeah. I mean, this uh, bill that that passed with, uh, I think, 12 uh, senators, uh, Republican senators. Todd Young being one being of them. Being one of them, voting for it. And 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 again, I give him a lot of credit. He called me because I, I sent an email to his office saying, I really hope you voted against this. And and the senator actually picked up the phone and called me. And we had, a, I don't know, 20-minute conversation or so. And I, I, was, I, I respected the hell out of that and the opportunity to talk to him. Obviously, I wasn't nearly as influential as I thought I was going to be <laughs> because he still voted for it. But it had a whole bunch of different provisions in it. And without going through all of it, one of well, the provisions was looking at uh, young gun buyers, uh, 18 to 20-year-olds. And one of the provisions of this so-called Bipartisan Safer Communities Act is that for 18 to 20-year-olds who are trying to buy a gun in a gun store, and by definition, it can only be a long gun, because under federal law, you have to be 21 to buy a handgun. So we're talking about you know a kid trying to buy his buy his first shotgun to go you know uh, deer hunting with with his dad or uh, you know or or, or to go start uh, in sporting clays or trap or skeet whatever it might be and so we're talking about long guns by definition under under this new bill it's now the law is for 18 to 20 year olds they now can expand the background check they can look into their juvenile records that is things that are not a criminal conviction because they they happen they happen when they were they were under 18 they were juveniles and then secondly they can look at mental health records and and and, mm. and, and, and you start looking at that going man you're a little worried about how that could be abused but what the FBI just put out there and my buddies who are FFLs who are federal firearms licensees meaning they own a gun store what they just got last week was a notification from the FBI who runs the National Instant Criminal Background Check system that that clears people to buy guns and they've said every for the foreseeable future every 18 to 20 year old who goes into a gun store and tries to buy a gun when they go through the background check they're going to be delayed they're not going to be able to walk out of that gun store with that gun they're going to delay them so that they can then and they want their street address I mean, well, gosh, what bad could come out of this? Right. Because that's not normally sent to the FBI as part of this process. And our Republican senator, who's been in the military, he's a Marine, I've been told, uh, voted <laughs> for this. He, he, he did. And, 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 and now every 18 to 20-year-old who goes in to buy a gun um, is going to get delayed, meaning the, the FBI is going to spend some additional amount of time, uh, up to 10 days, uh, digging into their background, trying to decide if there's somebody who can buy a gun. It, 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 it kind of makes a lie of the fact that Nix, the, 
the background check system run by the FBI is supposed to be the national instant criminal background check system. Well, it's not in, instant if you're an 18 to 20 year old. And, 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 if, and if I could, if I could editorialize a little bit on Todd Young, look, uh, he made a mistake voting for this. Uh, he catches a lot of heat for spending, obviously, including right here on this radio station. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that if I had him in a room, I would change about his voting record and how he approaches his job in Washington. But let me make one thing very clear. And, and even when I criticize him in kind of conversations like this, we need Republicans to win the Senate. We need Republicans to win the Senate. And here's why. You know, a lot of people you know, think, oh, it doesn't make any difference. I hear this all the time. Oh, you know, they both are big spenders. It makes no difference. They're just a, you know, it's just the initial next to their name. Do you know who handles the confirmation of judicial nominees, including Supreme Court nominees? That's the Senate the Judiciary Senate. Committee. Depending on which party is in power, Democrats or Republicans, either the Democrats or the Republicans run that process. As somebody who cares about the laws in Indiana, about Second Amendment rights in Indiana, we need the Republicans to win the Senate. There's no question about that. So I always want to throw that out there and say, look, I'm going to criticize people when they deserve it, but let's not forget how important it is for Republicans to win the damn Senate. But we, the Hoosiers, need the Republicans to put better candidates out there. Yes, sir. Agreed. Absolutely. No, But this is the candidate we got, and I know people talk about holding their nose and voting and all that. I get that. I get that. I get that. But don't forget, don't forget how important it is, because you want Republicans or Democrats picking the next Supreme, you know, confirming the next Supreme Court judge. How did that go during Trump? Fabulously. How has it gone so far under Biden? Not so great. So this is huge, and it, and it really impacts the future of this country, and I don't want people to forget that. Where can we get more information? Uh, RilfordLaw.com is uh, where you always want to uh, look for me, RilfordLaw.com. Guy, thank you. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. Oh, oh, boy, I'm ready, Hammer. You ready? I'm fired up. We ready. Let's do some midterm stuff. Polling. Debates. Fetterman. Eagles are so much better than Eagles. Midterm stuff. By the way, full election coverage all morning, afternoon, and night here on 93 WIBC. Your place to go for all things midterms, local, national. Uh, And here we go with the big one. Trump versus DeSantis? 
Oh, we knew say, it was coming, didn't we? DeSantis is going to be elected governor of Florida again. I don't think there's any question about right. that, right? But Trump was at a rally over the weekend, and uh, just a few days, again, before the midterms, Trump called out Ron DeSantis. Listen to this. But we have the best poll numbers. Where are they? Are they putting them up on the screen? I think so. Put them up. Look. Yeah, we're putting them up. We're winning... We're winning big, big, big in the Republican Party for the nomination like nobody's ever seen before. Let's see. There it is. Trump at 71. Ron DeSanctimonious at 10 percent. Oh. Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. Did you catch that there? Ron DeSanctimonious. Right. (laughs) A classic Trump nickname, which is um, at this point kind of played out. I think you're right. I, I I don't think there's any point. Like, he hung that out there just days before an election where the Republicans absolutely have to show unity and destroy the Democrats. And, and I was thinking about it. It just makes zero political sense for Trump to do that because DeSantis doesn't need Trump's approval or his endorsement um, to win that governor's race in Florida tomorrow. It, doesn't make, it makes no dent. It makes no difference whatsoever and now it could open up the opportunity for DeSantis to say hey Trump guys in Trump's administration were telling people to stay at home and social distance and wear masks and Fauci and Burks and forced vaccinations I'm the guy that opened Florida back up and did away with all that crap that your administration was perpetuating during COVID I'm just saying that's, you know, looking down that rabbit hole of things that could spiral out of control for Trump pretty quickly. I think it was an unforced error. The timing was so poor. Like Donald Trump's playbook, once it was primary season, was to go one by one and just pick off all the major players. Everybody had a nickname. There was Lion Ted, Little Marco. I mean, he went one by one and got rid of those folks. Low energy Jeb. But this is not the time. (laughs) This is not. If you want to do all that crap, you wait till after the midterms. You officially announce your candidacy. And if Ron DeSantis wants to run against you, at that point, all's fair in love and politics. But the timing was so poor. And honestly, he was getting beat up online by this, by a lot of previous big Trump supporters, blue checkmark conservatives, a lot of famous folks on social media. They were kind of going after the orange man for that. Now, I will say this. Yesterday, he did a rally in Florida, and he was there to try to carry Marco Rubio over the finish line. He did tell people to go out and vote for Ron DeSantis. People of Florida are going to reelect the wonderful, the great friend of mine, Marco Rubio, to the United States Senate. You mean little Marco? Are you going to re-elect Ron DeSantis as your governor of your state? But listen to that crowd reaction. Okay, though. that's fine, but DeSantis doesn't need Trump this time around. Trump may have gotten him elected in that state a few years ago, but Trump saying that right now makes no difference whatsoever. Now, keep in mind, DeSantis was also not invited to that yeah, rally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this. Right, this is a rally for little Marco. <laughs> Small hands. <laughs> Smell like cabbage. So, a new NBC News poll claims that a number of record Republicans support the GOP over President Trump. Hmm. Meaning, whoever the party wants, 
they will support. So let's say that it's Ron DeSantis, or it could be, I guess, anybody, but most likely Ron DeSantis. This poll, and again, consider your source, it's NBC News, like what the hell do they know about Republicans, but they claim that it's party over Trump here. So do you think, Nige, knowing the ego that Donald Trump has, if he is not having the success that he wants in the midterms, I'm sorry, in the primary, and he is trailing Ron DeSantis, would he bail, run as a third party just to try to screw Ron DeSantis mm, out of winning no, the presidency? No, I, I, I don't see that happening. I, I don't see anybody beating Trump in a primary. I, I don't. I just don't see it. I think if that happens, it's you're going to see some other people throw their their hat in the ring. I don't think it'll be DeSantis. I Do you think, think DeSantis think. should run? Because he's never going to be hotter than he is right now. You're coming off lockdowns. You're the freedom guy. Yeah. Uh, it's looking like a winnable race. Yeah, he's got years. He's going to win the race tomorrow. Um, he's going to be governor of Florida for a few more years. He's still young. And he's going to enjoy um, that red wave. He's going to enjoy the fruits of that red wave for the next two years. So by the time 2024 rolls around, yeah, he will probably step away and become, um, what am I saying? Maybe 2024, 2026, I guess is what I'm, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm Fetterman right now. I hit a wall. Crash, crash, crash. <laughs> All I, I'm I saying guess, is that a night with just, WIBC, when we put the pictures up there, yeah, yeah. who do you support? 400 strong or pretty loud for Ron DeSantis? Pretty, it's, and it was louder than Trump. Way louder. It was way louder than Trump. And if that's like this here in Indiana, which is usually a pretty safe bastion for conservatives, unless you're John McCain just, and you run the worst presidential campaign of all time, uh, I wonder if it's like that in other states. But I, I, I just don't know if you want to get into a urinating match with Donald Trump in a GOP primary. But what if he doesn't get into it? He runs, but he doesn't take the bait. He's like, listen, he can talk all he wants. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You lose when you get into an insult contest. Marco Rubio tried it. Bush <laughs> tried it. They can't do it. These guys are geeks. Well, clap. <laughs> right. So, so what uh, Low Energy Jeb said. Please clap. Yeah, yeah, defeated. Please, please clap. But once uh, I've heard rumors Trump's going to announce tonight that he's that he's running so it'll be soon i think it will be soon and um, then and then how long does it take for others to throw their hat in the ring i'm not necessarily saying it's going to be desantis but i mean desantis could have another successful few years and then you know once trump runs his you know runs the gamut in 2024 then then he'll you know he'll have his chance after that he's still I'm, a young guy i'm just telling you i think there's a better chance of desantis beating trump in a primary than i think you have I think DeSantis has a shot to beat Trump in the primary. I really do. Um, meanwhile, on the other side, Kathy Hochul, she's the unelected governor right now in New York, and she acts like crime, eh, not a big deal. That's some sort of conspiracy oh, yeah. theory. Her and, her and Bill Clinton were on stage over the weekend at some fundraiser kind of laughing about it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's mocking people on the subway. You know that it's getting bad when MSNBC is starting to call her out for things. Stephanie Rule had Kathy Hochul in studio, sat right next to her, looked at her right in her face and said this. But I'm going to interrupt you then. Here's the problem. We don't feel safe. 
You might be working closely with Mayor Adams. You may have spent a whole lot of money, but I walk into my pharmacy and everything is on lockdown because of shoplifters. I'm not going in the subway. People don't feel safe in this town. So you may have done these things, but right now we're not feeling good. We're worried we could be San Francisco. <laughs> that wasn't Tucker Carlson. That wasn't yeah. Sean Hannity. That was Stephanie freaking rule. But, but you know who else it was? I don't care about MSNBC or their liberal politics or Stephanie Rule or whatever. Yeah, she's that's a New York City resident saying, and I don't feel safe in my own city, sitting across a table from the unelected governor. Uh, and that's what it did. I mean, she said San Francisco, but she could have said Baltimore, Chicago or Philly or New Orleans. And it's a it's sort of an indictment on the administration as a whole. Uh, uh, the Biden administration and their attitude towards crime, uh, Democrats as a whole. And speaking of crime, coming up here uh, just about an hour from now, a little bit over an hour, uh, Cindy Carrasco will join us in studio. She is running for prosecutor here in Marion County against Ryan Mears. We'll talk about crime and Indy coming up. But before we do that, let's set the mood here, shall we, Nige? Um, okay. This is the night before the midterm yes. elections, and I thought we could have a little story time. was the night before midterms and all through the states radical lunatic democrats were all awaiting their fate <laughs> the house will go red and the senate just might as joe biden speaks gibberish pressure. and then falls off his bike <laughs> if republicans win big they'll say the party is thriving if Democrats lose, they'll all be drinking. Let's hope the Pelosi's aren't driving. <laughs> there are some real zeros that need to be put into check, like crazy John Fetterman and that gross thing on his neck. There's Whitmer and Warnock and all of those that are blue. Fire Hokel and here local fire that bum Ryan Mears too. Yeah. It's about crime, <laughs> schools, and the economy. So happy midterm voting to all and to all. Hi, good night, everybody. <laughs> Little story time yeah. from the Hammer and Nigel show. Oh, bravo, bravo. Hammer and Nigel presents is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Uh, just real quick, Hammer. Um, we were talking earlier about Donald Trump kind of insulting Ron DeSantis at a rally over the weekend, calling him Ron DeSanctimonious. People on the YouTube chat are not down with Trump uh, at all doing that. We have people on Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. I agree. I'm over the heckling and bullying by Donald Trump. He should stick to business moving forward. And these are all people that probably voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And now they're all saying, I mean, just kind of a glimpse, um, the eyeball test or in the chat here. Uh, you can go to YouTube, type in Hammer and Nigel WIBC and, and watch the show live. They're not down with it. They're not down with it. Um, all right. How do, how do we play Is This Anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all the information and tell us if it's anything or not. Okay. 
So over the weekend, those no-good, rotten, lying, cheating, trash-can-banging, buzzer-wearing Houston Astros (laughs) won the World Series again. Uh, They defeated the Phillies, and Astros superfan and businessman Mattress Mac won the largest ever sports betting prize when the game went final. Uh, after that final out in the ninth inning, and the Astros won. Mattress Mac won seventy-five million bucks oh. on a ten million dollar bet. Oh. Here he is making his game six prediction, and then the moment he realized he had just won seventy-five million dollars. The entire city is excited about the Astros. Astros are hot. Phillies are a great team. Should be a great series. I'm predicting the Astros in six. Go Astros! Let's go. Let's win this game. Yeah, that's something. $10 million to win 75. That's Ooh. impressive. Yeah. By the way, Mattress Mac is like 95 years old, isn't he? This is part of his shtick. He's done this before, and it's all a part of his business down there uh, where he – it's it's a big promotion for his mattress company. Right. right. So he says most of the money is going back to his customers because he ran that promo where he said if you spent $3,000 or more at his store, you can get a total refund if the Astros win the World Series. Right. So that's where it goes. He's a surly old bastard, too. Did you see him? <laughs> he was arguing with some Philly fans over the weekend. Maybe this was from last week. And he, he was like walking down uh, just down the street, and Philly fans were messing with him a little bit. And he's like, F you, F you. Go ahead, bro. You can't, you couldn't hear it very well right there. But that was Mattress Mac basically telling these Philly fans, and he had there were police around him and stuff. And he's a he's a wild old man. That's how you communicate Crazy. with Philly sports fans. Well, sure, though. it is that. That's yeah, it. F-U, you F-U, say hello F-U. by giving them the finger. That's how they <laughs> greet each other in Philadelphia. Is this anything? A woman is making headlines after calling nine one one on a barbecue joint for serving her pink meat Mm. apparently she thought it was raw when in reality this is just the color that barbecue is when the meat gets smoked this is the actual 911 call from a customer along with the owner of the barbecue shop explaining what happened 911 what's the address of the emergency yes I'm in the office right now clubs cooper and barbecue yes I had ordered some food from there and barbecue is pink I kind of snickered a little bit and I told her I said honey that's when the barbecue is smoked it turns pink and she was insistent that it wasn't done when the cop came in though he had a cute little smile on his face and rolled his eyes and just had his arms folded. I don't even think he said much to me other than I got you. Stop calling 911, please, when something go- doesn't go right with your order. Or you pursue- <laughs> <laughs> That's not what 911 is for. Right. And now it does sound like it's a little old lady that called 911. I don't care. She's a dumbass. <laughs> She's a little old dumbass. That's what she is. Okay, but is she as big a dumbass as the British dude that called 911 because he ran out of toilet paper? What's your emergency? Um, I've run out of toilet roll. <laughs> and you're calling 999 for that reason? Oh, uh, is this 999? Yes. Oh, sorry, wrong number. Okay. Bye. Is she is she a biggest dumbass <laughs> as when Jesus broke into the Pizza Hut? High point 911, what is your emergency? Yes, this is Jesus Christ, and I just <laughs> broke into the Pizza Hut. And I broke the window, and I'm here. Jesus is here now. He's back. He's back to earth. <laughs> All right. And uh, so you don't work there? No, I just broke in. 
Had a pizza. I'm Jesus. <laughs> and what was your name again? My name is Jesus. What's your last name, Jesus? Christ. <laughs> okay. And what do you look like? I look like Jesus. That's what I'm supposed to look like. Why, why'd you do that? Because I'm Jesus. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> We're tired of Judas's on this earth. We're going to clean this earth up. So what are you up to? Man, where do you live at? I don't. I'm from heaven. How'd you get over over to the Pizza Hut? I'm from heaven, sir. Okay. And did you break a front window? Yeah, I broke the door window, sir. And did you eat a pizza? Yeah. Had a Mountain Dew. <laughs> Jesus, Mountain Dew guy. Did not know that. So, you know, in the hierarchy of idiot 911 calls, the lady calling to complain about uh, her raw meat at the barbecue joint uh, is is pretty low. Yeah, she's not as bad as those folks at a Mountain Dew. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Tony Kennett is a longtime educator here in Indianapolis, uh, specializing in STEM with IPS. He's also the man behind Chalkboard Review. Tony, let's get into it. You kind of broke the story to us this weekend that there were some shenanigans going on up in Hamilton County in regards to voting. There was a Democratic voter that was pressuring people to vote straight-ticket Democrat. Uh, take us through what happened. Yeah, so two things there. First of all, there was a rep- several reports of an individual who was telling black voters that were coming to this Carmel Mercy Road location uh, that they shouldn't vote for the uh, BBS candidates over in Carmel, that slate of candidates who's running, because those individuals in the red shirts, they don't like diversity, they're racist, they're bad, which, you know, I mean, that's your decision to say if you're out on the town, that kind of a weird thing to claim of somebody. But this was an individual that was working in the election site, well within the electioneering zone. And then he also, uh, this individual also uh, was apparently going around taking voters to the machines and at least with one voter, again, we'll have to wait for the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department to finish their investigation. He was selecting straight Democrat voting tickets, which, of course, wouldn't select a school board candidate. But still, he was saying, like, oh, you could select a straight ticket. And then he clicked the Democrat ticket. And the voter was confused and concerned because they couldn't back out of it. They had to call over another judge to rectify the situation. And wow. do we have a name of this individual, Tony? So we do. The individual's name is James Zeng, uh, who has since released a statement basically denying all of this stuff, even though he admits that the inspector asked him to leave 
And he said, yes, and I left of my own will and was told not to come back for a couple of days, which I, I also, usually when there's a felony at hand, you're not allowed to come back at all. But anyhow, uh, he was told not to come back. And he's like, that's fine. But by the way, I'm totally innocent. And in the first paragraph of his little response letter, he says, actually, it was the Republicans who were standing too close to the voting machines. Uh, I, I guess that's some classic whataboutism. Kind of an interesting legal strategy, I suppose. So, so, so Tony, you said you mentioned the word felony. That's that's what we could be dealing with here is some sort of like charge of vote tampering or something like that. So there are two different counts that I believe in the situation we're looking at here. Again, I repeat, we need to wait for the Hamilton County Sheriff's Department, a very apt sheriff's department. I've worked with them before. We need to wait for them to finish their investigation. They're investigating today. They're doing their job. That's what I am waiting for before I make any firm rulings on the situation. But we could be looking at two felonies. One is electioneering inside the area where you're not supposed to be doing that. You know, there are signs and limits. And as a poll worker in 2016 and 18, I remember very specifically, you're not allowed to do that. Number two, you can't select candidates for other people on the ballot, uh, especially if you're a judge. Being a judge makes that a felony. That's a problem. Tony, have we heard from um, Hamilton County officials, not necessarily a Republican or Democratic Party? Has anybody in local government of Hamilton County come out and said anything about this? Yes, the election administrator, uh, she came out and said that she uh, hopes that this individual is prosecuted, which is and I made sure I asked her very specifically. I said, hold the phone just to be clear in your official capacity as a nonpartisan election administrator. You are calling for this individual to be prosecuted. And she said, yes, under that, it's what I am calling for. And, you know, as a journalist, there's a moment when you start scribbling something down furiously. For me, that was that moment, because. At that point, that's you. You as an election administrator have to be very certain before you make that kind of a case. Voters were upset. Volunteers were upset. The uh, inspector at that particular Mercy Road polling place was upset. So there were several witnesses. Uh, there were several witnesses. In other words, is what you're saying. This this person you talked to saw firsthand. That is correct. There were several individuals that, that are reporting on the situation. Uh, some things are more set in stone than others, but you're not going to find me or Chalkboard Review publishing every little lead and witness remark on Chalkboard Review because I don't like to play telephone. Uh, I don't like our team to play telephone. I like to make sure that when we publish a story, that we're only publishing the official information that we have unless it is otherwise beyond you know, impertinent to the story. Again, we're speaking with uh, Tony Kennett uh, from Chalkboard Review. Uh, he's got the story about a Democratic poll worker ejected up in Hamilton County, uh, possible electioneering and pre-selecting straight dim tickets for voters that he was trying to help. Take me through the racial aspect of this again, because it feels like that's kind of uh, buried in this story. There is a racial aspect. What was this lunatic saying, allegedly? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to you and I have our uh, we have our Wednesday segments, right? You know, yeah. Wednesdays with Tony, whatever. And I've told you both for several weeks that I have never seen school board elections as nasty and as vicious in all of my time in studying education and ed policy as the northern Indianapolis elections. I remember saying that very specifically on air. This is a perfect example. This individual, and there have been several, we're not sure at this point whether it was one person or it was multiple people. Again, have to wait for the investigation. But according to voters on the scene, there were there was at least one individual who were 
who was telling black voters not to vote for the pro-parent Republican-backed candidates for Carmel Clay School Board because they were against diversity. They were supposedly racist. They were uh, bad. I mean, the HS Equal PAC has been saying about Hamilton Southeastern uh, candidates, which is one district over, that if you voted for them, you were actually sending America back 60 years into the Jim Crow era. I mean, this is insane. This is a level of vicious political tactics. Besides the fact that it's highly illegal, we haven't seen anything like that in a school board election in, in recent years, for sure. Has there been a response from anybody else, like the uh, Democrats up in Hamilton County yeah. at all? Yeah, the Hamilton County Democrats, uh, before their chairwoman uh, blocked her or locked her Twitter account to private, which I thought was kind of funny, the official <laughs> Hamilton County Democrat statement on the situation is that this is all just a, a myth. Um, so everyone is just lying. Republicans are just trying to undermine election security, which, uh, again, I like you guys. I just want to see this investigated. I mean, and if the sheriff's department comes back and says, look, the guy didn't do anything wrong and he's clear, then the sheriff's department will have done their job. But I, honestly, I go back to what Tony Katz said in his response to the Hamilton County situation. Um, if you live in that district, you need to ask a question right now. How many votes did this guy impact? And how is this going to be resolved? Uh, no matter what party an individual is a part of, if they are pressuring voters inside the polling place, or if they are, God forbid, pre-selecting a straight ticket, that's just bewildering to me. You have to wonder how much was accomplished before the individual was caught, before they were told to go home. That's why I am looking forward to, with all readiness, the investigation by the sheriff's department, which you'll notice the Hamilton County Democrats never mention. They don't say, hey, we look forward to the investigation. They just say Republicans are bad. And then that's the statement. So, Tony, it's been kind of a crazy couple of months up in Hamilton County in regards to education issues. There was the uh, younger brother of the fallen officer, Shana Vaz, who came back to school and was greeted with a... Um, Defund the, police, defund the police type of project that was there. There was a lot of chatter back and forth. The school board uh, press representative, their PR representative, was real snarky and smart-ass to the people that had questions about it. And now we've got this situation going on. What is your advice to people before they go vote in Hamilton County tomorrow if they're concerned about their kids and education? I'm going to be very honest with both of you. Were I in those districts as a voter? And I'm not. I'm in Greenfield. But I study, and I, by the way, I left the ballots blank in Greenfield. I don't have any candidates in Greenfield that I currently support. They didn't run anyone that I believe is pro-parent. And that's just my personal, as, as Tony Kennett. If I was a voter in Hamilton County, I would probably not vote for the candidates that were backed by school boards or backed by the school board leader, um, Michelle Fullhart, who said that there are no long-term effective COVID lockdowns on kids in education, which, by the way, we found is patently untrue. I wouldn't vote for the candidates that call everyone racist. I wouldn't vote for the candidates that say, uh, basically, parents need to shut up and send their kids to school. I wouldn't vote for the people who say that kids need to be burdened with surveys 24-7 instead of academics. I personally would vote for the candidates who just want to see some academic transparency and some change in how parents are represented come forward in these districts. That's what I, as a voter, would move towards.
I'm with you. I said it earlier. You said it way nicer than I did. You have to make these lunatics pay. When you go to the ballot box tomorrow, when you cast your vote, if you're tired of being called some sort of ist, if you're tired of all the bull crap in schools and the smart Alex smug attitude of some of these teachers, you have to make these school board members pay with your vote. Tony Kennett, Chalkboard Review, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Gentlemen, you have an excellent day, and everyone, go vote. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I can make your hands clap. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. This uh, guy in Iowa clapped 1,140 times in one minute. Oh, bull crap. Broke the Guinness Book of World Records. I saw the video. He he sits there and he does it. It's almost like he's rubbing, rubbing his hands together. Like doing this. That's a clap? That's yeah. See, to just, me, a clap yeah. is open, closed. That's a clap. Now, this is the moment Dalton Meyer broke the Guinness Book of World Records for clapping. <laughs> Listen to that. <laughs> Sounds like our wheel of sexual harassment being spun. <laughs> Pretty good. I think it was way better than last time. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. definitely, man. You didn't slow down at all. It was absolutely yeah. perfect. He's a younger kid too. It's like uh, got kind of like uh, like long blonde hair. I bet you could pick up some chicks with that uh, kind of cred in a bar. Yeah, hey, I just broke the Guinness Book of World Records for clapping. Boy, there's another bunch of clapping jokes that I could really go down an <laughs> avenue on, but I'll take the high road. I will refrain, but I believe it was Usher that said, take that, rewind it back. Usher's got the music to make your booty go clap. clap. That's how you make a clapping sound. Um, according to this thread on Reddit, I'm not sure how many people go on Reddit, but 12 things that people like less and less as they get older. So tell me if you agree with these things. Things that you like less and less as you get older, Nige. Number one was social media. Yeah, sure. Number two, no. waiting. I hate waiting. It makes me anxious. Number three, drinking alcohol. Uh, <laughs> and that's where we've know, lost a big I, Nige. I, I, I do like it less, especially getting drunk. Uh, hangovers. That's what I don't like about the whole thing. If I could do it without the hangovers, then, then I'd be better holidays and it says here as kids it's about opening presents having fun and eating but as adults you have to be the one that cooks the big meals organize the fun and buy the presents uh, i don't my wife does so i love the holidays <laughs> you're the big kid <laughs> and lastly again this is on the list of things that people like less and less as they get older sex scenes in movies it goes on to say I'm at the age where I've seen boobies before. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what happens in the story next. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think they've taken the set. I think Hollywood, mainstream Hollywood, has taken sex out of the movies. I really think they have. Let the record clearly state I'm pro-sex in movies. Okay. I want to bring that back. If I ever run bring for governor, that's my platform. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. 
when St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Oh, man, we have lots to get to this hour, Hammer. A little bit after 5.30, Cindy Carrasco, the uh, GOP uh, nominee running for Marion County Prosecutor's Office against Ryan Mears. She'll be in studio a little bit after 5.30. Before that, around 5.20, we'll break down down this Colts firing and hiring. (laughs) They they fired Frank Reich. They hired Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. Uh, yeah. Okay. The, the, the former Colts Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winner, center, and uh, we'll get the very latest from him at about 520. But right now, we are going to check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. How many push-ups you want to do here, pal? I'm not going nuts. I've always said, if you have to make a statement that you're not going nuts, there's a good chance you're You're going going nuts. Uh, NBC poll says 28%. That's Joe Biden's approval rating with independents, and that is an all-time low, Nige. Boy, yeah, a lot of independents out there wondering how they're going to vote for the midterms. A lot of independents. This is why this red wave is a referendum on Joe Biden and his administration. Now... Perhaps some of those independents live in the state of Pennsylvania or maybe West Virginia. So if you live in one of those states, or maybe you know somebody who does, how would you feel if you heard the president of the United States just a couple days before the midterms with gas prices going through the roof, tell everybody, yeah, we're not going to be doing any drilling anytime soon. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling. We're wow. short on diesel. Gas prices are going through the roof. Unbelievable. But uh, Unbelievable. no drilling. Unbelievable. We heard at the top of the hour that uh, his uh, the, the press secretary says, no, well, no, that's not what he meant. It got misconstrued. No, that's exactly what he meant. These gaslighting idiots think we're all stupid. Do you hear the, that clip at the top of the hour, Kareem Jean-Pierre? No, 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 that's not what he said. It's, it's being taken out of context. He's been saying it for years about drilling and coal, uh, the coal industry and fracking. And so has that idiot Fetterman. And now they're trying to pretend like they never said it. Uh, and I got to tell you, I mean, Manchin shaking his head uh, and giving him a big chewing out and uh, I, I, D- Democrats in particular, it's no wonder independents are at an all-time low in terms of polling for Biden. Meanwhile, his top advisor, one of his top advisors, Keisha Lance Bottoms, the former mayor of Atlanta, went on Face the Nation on CBS, and uh, she was talking about how people just don't realize how much Joe Biden's done because of all the, quote, 
misinformation flooding the airwaves. Well, it's been a very difficult couple of years. We have been in the midst of a pandemic. There's been a lot of misinformation flooding the airwaves. Uh, we see it in, in ways not just on television, but we're seeing it through YouTube. We're seeing it on other social media platforms. So it is more difficult to get the message out. What are we saying exactly? Oh, misinformation? Does she give any specific examples? No. They never do. No, do they? no. Look, you can go to the grocery store and see the prices. You can see what's there and what's not there. You can go pump gas and look at the prices. You can see how many people died in Afghanistan and the disasters pull out for that administration. Oh, no, misinformation. You can see the crime in major cities right now. Is that misinformation, too? Ridiculous. Now, here we are, the day before the midterms, and I'm not saying the Democrats are getting desperate but they're starting the, quote, all Republicans are Hitler Ooh. line of reasoning. So Jim Clyburn, representative, he was asked about uh, if the Republicans have a big day tomorrow. He said this. We've got the audio, quote, this could very well be the end of the world. And then he dropped a Hitler reference. He did this to Shannon Bream on Fox. And again, we're going to play you the audio. And to her credit, Shannon Bream played his audio back to him. But losing this democracy could very well be the end of the world. Set aside the economy, worries about crime, which are at the top of all of voter polls about what they're worried about. And instead vote for you or the world is ending. Nobody's saying the world is ended. You did the say there, though, end. it could be the end of the world. The, no. Democracy will be ended. Ugh. The world will continue to exist. The world was here before Hitler. The world was here after Hitler. There it is. We're talking about what kind of country we have and what kind of world we have. Okay, Congressman, just to be clear, though, I want to read your quote. It says, but losing this democracy could very well be the end of the world. That's a direct quote from you. But losing this democracy could very well be the end of the world. End of the world? Come on. <laughs> you just said it. Again, the, what were we just talking about with Joe Biden and, and saying he wants to get rid of drilling and coal? What were we just talking about? And his press secretary said, no, he didn't say that. It's all misunderstood. The same thing. They do it every time. And then, you know, the Hitler reference in there. Sure. You know, that's, sure. that's a great strategy going into the midterms for independence. Not People the first time we've heard that from the Democrats. Everybody disagrees with me as Hitler. <laughs> Big day tomorrow. And again, we've got coverage for you beginning in the morning, going all through the night here on 93 WIBC. This is the only place your radio needs to be tomorrow. Tomorrow is the midterm election. Today is the day before the midterm election. And earlier, we had a little poem to celebrate. 'Twas the night before midterms, and all through the states, radical lunatic Democrats were all awaiting their fate. <laughs> the House will go red, and the Senate just might. As Joe Biden speaks gibberish, pressure. and then falls off his bike. <laughs> if Republicans win big, they'll say the party is thriving. If Democrats lose, they'll all be drinking. Let's hope the Pelosi's aren't driving. <laughs> there are some real zeros that need to be put into check, like crazy John Fetterman. And that gross thing on his neck. <laughs> There's Whitmer and Warnock 
and all of those that are blue fire Hokel and hear local fire that bum Ryan Mears too. It's about crime, (laughs) schools, and the economy. So happy midterm voting to all and to all. Hi. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Little story time yeah. from the Hammer and Nigel show. Oh, bravo. Bravo. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here with a very special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. I feel like this man needs a beer after the day he's had today covering the Indianapolis Colts. Kevin Bowen from our sister station, 107.5 The Fan, does the morning show over there. Kevin and Query. Where the hell do we start here, KB? IU basketball at 6 (laughs) o'clock. IU kicking off their season tonight. What do you think? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I I thought about a shot of Everclear at lunch. I thought, you know, maybe that'll be the right dose. No, but um, the the firing of uh, Frank Reich, the Colts head coach, and then the hiring of interim head coach Jeff Saturday, former Indianapolis Colt and Super Bowl winner. Yeah, it, it's it's a soap opera. It's a soap opera on West 56th Street. That, that's how much I can just sum it up. Days of Our Lives, Journal Hospital, as the world turns. I'm just picturing an hourglass on Jim Irsay's desk right now. Um, it's a dysfunctional organization, and it begins at the top. Um just think about two weeks ago. This team was in Tennessee, a game in back of the Titans, playing a massive regular season game. And since then, the head coach has gone from Frank Reich to Jeff Saturday, who is a great human being but has never coached in college or the NFL. Uh, the offensive coordinator, we don't know who that is. We don't know who will be calling plays on uh, Sunday in Las Vegas. Um, and then lastly, the quarterback has gone from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger. So um, it, it, it's just – it's in shambles, and there's so many questions that uh, need to be asked and don't have the answers. So how much of this Jeff Saturday move, KB, do you think is Jim Ursay looking at the Titans, seeing that they've got a guy in Vrabel who used to play and, you know, had a little coaching experience, I guess, but not a lot? Is Ursay trying to find his Mike Vrabel with Jeff Saturday? Yeah, you know, I, I, there's probably a little bit of truth to that. I mean, I do think Vrabel had a little bit more of an extensive NFL coaching resume than yeah, barely Saturday. I, I don't think I saw a stat like Jeff Saturday is the first coach since 1960 to be hired without college or NFL wow. coaching experience. Um, I think what Jeff Saturday means to Jim Mercer right now is this. 50% of it, he's a glorified consultant to the Colts operation right now. He's a very trusted, confident – I mean, think back to the labor negotiations between the NFL and NFLPA over a decade ago. You know, without Jeff Saturday involved in those, um, you know, who knows what happens to the NFL during that lockout of the 2011 uh, offseason. Uh, and then the other half of it, this is a legit audition to see if Jeff Saturday wants to be the, an NFL head coach and is qualified, I guess, to be an NFL head coach. Like it's, it, it's both of those things. Jim Irsay is a hopeless romantic, and he wants the previous era, the greatest era, Peyton, all of that, Ring of Honor. Think about that. Two weeks ago, he had all those guys in his stadium. He gets caught up in that stuff, and I think there's so much of that here. And he's looking at it as, you know, the season's pretty much over. 
here's two months to see what if Jeff Saturday can you know drum up some Hollywood script. Were you surprised at all that uh, the general manager Chris Ballard was not affected? Like, um, like he wasn't fired either. Yeah, a little bit. I will say, Nigel, it's a lot more common for coaches to get fired in season than GMs. Um, so I'm curious to see at tonight's press conference, you know, how Jim Mercer will answer that question with Ballard. Because I want to make this very clear. There was merit for Frank Reich to be fired, but to put all of the blame on his plate would be ludicrous. Um, you did not give him enough ingredients in, in the kitchen, if you will, to, you know, properly cook up the type of meal that you want to. Uh, Chris Ballard's biggest core belief is the offensive line. Do we need to go back and watch yesterday's game? <laughs> no, please. For the, no. Do you hate us, KB? I thought we were friends. Don't make me watch that crap again. Stop. Yeah, well, I have that Everclear hammer, so I can just point that over to you if we're going to watch it together. Um, so, again, both of them, you know, had clear stains on their resume. Uh, Ursay's always had an affinity for Ballard. You know, he hired him a full year earlier than Reich. He called him the greatest hire of the 21st century. Uh, I'm very curious to see. Uh, what will happen from here. Because honestly, this Jeff Saturday hire, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm kind of looking around like, oh, this is awkward. We have Jeff Saturday on our morning show every single Monday. We had him on today, three hours before this news became public, which is wild to think about it. And Jeff has expressed a desire, um, or I probably should say teams have reached out to him about being in a front office role. So does he get to the end of the year and say, yeah, I don't really love the coaching, but man, you know, that front office role could be interesting. All Hmm. thoughts have been running through my head today. Interesting. Uh, Kevin Bowen with us from 107.5 The Fan. Frank Reich fired the new interim head coaches, Jeff Saturday. KB, you mentioned Ursay is a bit of a romantic when it comes to those glory years of the Indianapolis Colts. Do you think he made a phone call to Peyton Manning for some role in this organization? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, he certainly has made quite a bit, uh, quite a few of those phone calls over the years. Um I would be a little surprised if he did not call Peyton Manning in the last 48 hours. I'm also curious, again, how long did these conversations go on? Um, I would not be surprised if these conversations went on prior to Sunday's result. Um, and so, again, you know, Peyton, I think, would be one of the first people you'd call. Uh, you know, if I'm Reggie Wayne, I'm probably sitting on that coaching staff thinking, hello. You know, you yeah, want to go back uh, to the previous era. Yeah, that's um, that's that's a that's a great angle. What do you think the reaction is going to be like uh, on the sidelines? Not only from the players who now have a coach that doesn't have any coaching experience, to uh, what would be Jeff Saturday's underlings, um, all the assistant coaches. What what do you think the reaction is yeah. going to be there in the locker room? Yeah, I think staff members are irate. I think players are shocked. Players are like, what? I mean, I thought Hard Knocks was last year. Um, yeah, they they have to be. I mean, think about the stat I threw at you guys earlier. 1960, the last time you got to go back where teams made a hire that, you know, no NFL or college experience. Hebron Christian Academy, guys. That's the resume I've been looking up for Jeff Saturday. Three years at the helm there, 20 and 16. They did win a playoff game. Uh, that is his coaching resume. So he goes from Hebron Christian Academy you're now coaching the loss against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. And I don't know if you guys saw the tweet earlier, but nothing to the great scouting report like this. Jeff Saturday tweets a week ago Sunday, Raiders look horrible. Right? <laughs> uh, and that's who we play on Sunday. <laughs> there you go, Jeff. Here comes your NFL debut against the horrible Raiders this Sunday. Don't, don't think Frank Reich provided a lot of candor like that during his five did, years. Did the Indianapolis Colts just become more interesting? 
or like because now i'm really tuning in this week this i I was disgusted watching that game Uh, you know that's the worst game i've ever fallen asleep to uh actually (laughs) but now i'm actually kind of piqued my interest uh this weekend yeah, a daylight savings nap for Nigel yesterday. I think yeah. my neighbors were out, were out doing leaves during the second half. Yep. Um, I, I said this a lot on the show earlier today. The fact that the Colts are so boring pisses Jim Mercy off. Um, there's an element, I think, when you're an owner of a franchise, and this goes for an owner of you know any entertainment business, you have to be appealing, exciting. Apathy is the last thing you want. And the Colts were there. The Colts, I mean, were we scoring their second to last, I think, in the league and scoring so far this season, just had their worst offensive outing ever in the Indianapolis Colts era on yesterday with two yards per, per play. Um, so if there's nothing else, uh, yes, this does create a new cycle. This does create some entertainment, all of the above. I find it very interesting that Josh McDaniels is the opposing coach this Sunday as yeah. he faced the Raiders and, you know, him leaving the Colts at the altar started all of this. So, yeah, if nothing else, it is it is that. I'm sure you'll have more of this tomorrow on 107.5 The Fan, Kevin and Query. That is Kevin Bowen, KB. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Yep, see you guys. All right, coming up next, uh, in studio, Cindy Carrasco. She is running for prosecutor here in Marion County. Nigel, we've been talking about this race a lot. I think it's the race in Central Indy. We'll talk to Cindy when we come back. Right now, we'll take a look at the news. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Also joining us live in studio is Cindy Carrasco, running for Marion County Prosecutor. Uh, nice to have you in studio for once. Oh my See goodness. you in person. It's so great to be here in person uh, as the last few hours yeah. of this campaign start to wind down. Thanks for having me. Well, tell me tell me first, like I, I've said this from the beginning, I, I think this is the most important race in the state. I mean, I know... There's bigger races. I mean, I know the you know, Secretary of State, Senate, US whatever. But Senate, I, it, right? But but I think this this is the race. This capital city, especially as we surpass 200 murders, 200 homicides in this city, Cindy. How are you feeling about the campaign, and and what are your thoughts uh, as we head into the election day tomorrow? You're exactly right. There is no more important race than this prosecutor's race. And the reason is that we have had in the city of Indianapolis over 200 people killed in our city for the third straight year in a row. Things have to change. And when you talk about elections, we talk about at the elections at the federal level, the Senate races, the congressional races. And yes, those are all great and they do have an impact. But let me tell you who your next prosecutor is, is going to have a tremendous impact on your everyday life. That's why I'm running. I loved my job. I loved my career. But I decided to take a step back from that so that I could run for this office because I was fed up with the crime that was happening in our city. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a resident of Marion County, and I just want to see our city back to be vibrant. I want us uh, to be able to be on an upward trajectory, and we can get there. We have the opportunity to do that, and all of the voters in Marion County have the opportunity to make a change. So we need you to go out there and vote. It's so, so important. If you want change, you need to vote for Cindy Ferrandi. Cindy, when 
you or your campaign staff has been out, whether it's knocking on doors, doing community events, what's been the response when you've been in some areas that are traditionally Democrat? If you've gone into the black communities, if you've gone into areas of high crime around the city, places that traditionally just vote blue, what's been the response? Well, when I first started uh, thinking about even running for this race, people said, Cindy, you're great, but you know, this is a blue county and I don't know that you necessarily uh, have a shot at doing this. But as I went out, I very much was, I'm a worker. I work really, really hard and I've gone to places where other Republicans haven't gone. And I do that because we represent all of Marion County. And in order for us to get across the finish line, we need everybody's buy-in to start to change the trajectory of our city. And so all of those conversations, I kind of was gearing myself up to say, hey, well, I'm a Republican, but this is not a Republican issue. I can tell you 99% of the conversations that I've had in every community have not been about politics. Because when it comes to public safety, whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Democrat, whether you're not even political at all, you all, we all want the same thing. We want to be able to go home at night, shut the door and feel safe. That's not about politics and uh, that the conversations that I've had with people across the entire county of Marion County has proven that that is the case. And do you feel like crime is the number one issue? It I mean, it's polling across the, across the United States. It's an issue. Certainly here uh, in Marion County where you're running for prosecutor, I think that's number one. It's number one. You know, what people have been telling me is uh, they used to hear about uh, crime happening. I mean, after all, this is a major city. They knew that there was going to be crime, but they'd turn off the TV and it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. I now, think the thing that floors so many people, Cindy, I'm sorry, is that you know we're not that far removed from hosting a Super Bowl here where at night this was the most vibrant fun place in the world and in just a few short years this city has deteriorated to the point where we currently have a higher homicide per capita rate than places like Chicago that's right and you are exactly right that's what I continue hearing from people saying our city was just beautiful. What happened in such a short amount of time? What can you do, Cindy, to actually start changing what's happening with our city? And nine times out of 10, these conversations with people are very much about wanting change. People are tired of the violence. They're seeing the violence touch them closer and closer and closer. Now they don't just turn off the TV. Now they know somebody. Now they have a neighbor. Now they perhaps themselves have been a victim of crime. So the circles that are coming closer and closer and closer um, affecting crime to each one of the people here in Marion County are, are significant and people are tired. They want change. And what kind of change needs to happen? They need to. Uh, we need to go back to doing the job of the prosecutor, right? The job description is in the title, prosecuting crime. We've got to get to uh, holding repeat violent offenders accountable. Make no mistake, that makes a difference. If we continue to let violent repeat offenders who have committed not one, two, three uh, offenses, I'm talking about people who have 10, 12, 13, 14 different offenses on the book, and we think that sending them back home is going to somehow change the circumstances of our city. We've got to stop cutting those deals with these folks, and we got to make sure that there is accountability, especially for these repeat violent offenders. Cindy Carrasco is our guest. Cindy for Indy is the website. 
Cindy with an I. Now, your opponent, the incumbent, he's going to argue that, well, it's other judges. It's literally everybody else's fault except for his as to why some of these violent repeat offenders keep getting back out on the streets. What's your response to that? You know, uh, we've had the three worst years in crime in Indianapolis in history. And it's no coincidence that it's been the three years that my opponent has been at the head of that office. That office is uh, lacking leadership. There are simple things that we can do, like getting that office back to doing the very basic fundamentals that can actually impact change. I'm not once not once since he's been in that position, heard him take responsibility for anything. It's always either the judges, it's either the law, it's the legislature, it's someone else. We need somebody who is going to be a prosecutor and take charge of the situation and say, what can I do to start to effectuate change? What can I do to influence those judges to make sure that they have all of the information that they need so they can make good decisions? What can I do to help improve Prove my community the right way, not by choosing, picking and choosing which laws to uh, to enforce or ignore. Cindy, is there anything you could learn or, or you learn from, say, that radical prosecutor in San Francisco, Bowden, uh, getting recalled? Um, is there anything that you can learn from what's going on in this gubernatorial race in New York right now, neck and neck, Zeldin and Hochul? What does that say? I mean, is there anything you can take from, from I don't know, it seems like people are kind of waking up around the country to, to what's going on. Is there anything you can learn from some of those things that have happened to those other prosecutors? That's right. Uh, I, I can tell you that it reemphasizes my belief that this issue of public safety is not a partisan issue. Mm. Because even, like you said, in these uh, very liberal cities like San Francisco and New York City, you've got uh, people who say, okay, this is going too far. The pendulum has swung too far to the other side. We do need some law and order. Um, and it, it just, I don't want Indianapolis to become the next San Francisco or Chicago. I don't want us to hit a rock bottom for us to be able to say, hey, you know what? We do need uh, someone who's going to be able to uh, enforce the laws and do uh, the job of the prosecutor. So, Cindy, we're about 24 hours away from the polls closing here in Indiana. What's your message to those independent voters or maybe Democrats who have traditionally voted blue? Why should they take a chance and vote for you? My message to them is, number one, to go out and vote. And number two is think about the conversations that you've been having with your neighbors. Think about the conversations that perhaps I've had with you. Think about the individual uh, candidates and think about the uh, commonality that we've come to where you say we're fed up with the violence. And make sure that you're choosing the candidate that is going to make a difference in the violence that has plagued our community. Don't uh, let politics necessarily dictate exactly uh, the ballot that you're going to pull. Amplify your voice. Make sure that your voice is being heard, especially on this very important topic of crime. So look at the candidate, look at the individual. I hope that I earn your vote. I hope that you go out to vote. And for everybody who's listening today, please go out to vote. We can get there. We see a path to victory, but we need you. 
Got to show up and vote. That's the right. voting Sweet. numbers are stacked against Republicans in Marion County. But as you said, Cindy, this is a race that's not even about politics anymore. This is about public safety in Indianapolis. And you have to get out and you have to vote. Real quick, I know we're at the end of the uh, line in terms of your campaign. Tell us about the uh, campaign staff that's worked with you. Oh, my goodness. I hit the jackpot with my uh, team. I have got the best team uh, running this campaign. They believe in making change for the city. They believe in me. They have been working 24 hours nonstop, especially these last few days. Uh, They're now family, whether they like it or not. And my ultimate campaign, quote unquote, staff is my family. Uh, My husband, uh, none of this would have been possible without him. He is just... He's an old radio guy, right? He is an old radio guy. That's how we (laughs) met. We met on the radio. Um, He's just amazing. And uh, my daughter, she's uh, she's turning 10 on the 17th. And so she can't wait for the election to be over so we can focus on the real things like the, her birthday. Right. Right. <laughs> of course. Cindy for Indy. Thank That's you, Cindy, Cindy with an I. Thank you so much. And good luck tomorrow. Thank you. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Okay, got an IU basketball coming up uh, at six o'clock. Uh, and if you missed our conversation with Cindy Carrasco, uh, running for Marion County Prosecutor, that should be up by now. WIBC.com. Just go to the Hammer and Nigel show. Have you seen any movies lately? Man, I haven't had time to watch anything. Not even really any TV. It's been news, sports, and that's pretty much it. The only time you've been to the theater this year is Top Gun, correct? Early, early in the year, I saw the new Jackass movie. Oh, okay. It was like February or March. Oh, you were up in Fort Wayne or something like yeah. that, weren't you? Yeah. Okay. I don't. Have you heard of this one with the, the Rock? It's number one at the box office for the third straight week. It's called Black Adam. It's like a DC superhero flick. Black Adam. I've heard about it. Now, again, <laughs> I'm not much into these comic book type movies like i have nothing yeah. against them I've, i'm so far behind i don't even know who these people are um 137 million so far in america 319 million globally so that's pretty good i guess is if that because the of the story or people like the rock i like, think both I, i'm not sure i mean it's a it's a it's a comic book superhero you know dc comics or whatever uh, abdul could tell you a lot more about it than <laughs> i can i guess the rock plays maybe some sort of anti-hero almost uh, so that's number one. Tell me if you heard any of these others, the top five. The anime musical One Piece film Red. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I sound like Fetterman. Like I just, I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> random One things. One Piece Red. <laughs> One Piece film Red. <laughs> uh, no, I've not okay, seen the uh, uh, animated uh, anime film. No. What about? Oh, good lord! Ticket to Paradise. The Eddie Money story. <laughs> Because if that were the case, I mean, I'd be there to see that. First of all, there'd be two tickets to paradise <laughs> if that were the case. But no, this is the Julie Roberts, George Clooney rom-com. You couldn't get me to watch that movie <laughs> if like Julia Roberts was popping out of the screen you doing know, all types of interesting things. But, you know, that, see, but that's the thing, that controversy uh, with the with the gay-themed movie a couple of weeks ago called Bros and how the director called uh, all of America a bunch of homophobes because it bombed in the box office. Right. I, I don't care whether it's... I, you know, two gay dudes or a man and a woman. I don't like those kinds of movies. Right. Either way. Would you rather you know, go see the Julia Roberts, George Clooney rom-com or that <laughs> anime thing that you told me about earlier? 
I'd rather jump off the top of this building head first. All right, IU basketball is next. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 93 WIBC.